0: The Paul Leslie Hour Helping people tell their stories And now, your host, Paul Leslie Hey, it's me Thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of the Paul Leslie Hour If you're listening to this on the day of this episode's debut Then it is not only Memorial Day But it is also the 56th birthday of comedian podcaster, director, and writer, Adam Carolla. This interview was originally broadcast on the radio. I was promoting a comedy appearance of him. He was going to be performing at the Tabernacle in Atlanta. Adam Carolla has done a lot of things in his life. He's been a radio personality, a television host, as I mentioned, a stand-up comedian, writer, voiceover talent, actor, and author. He hosts The Adam Carolla Show a talk show distributed as a podcast, on his very own network. Adam Carolla is actually in the Guinness Book of World Records for the most downloaded podcast. Adam Carolla was the co-host of the popular radio call-in show, Love Line from 1995 to 2005. Along with Jimmy Kimmel, Adam Carolla hosted and began the Comedy Central series, The Man Show. Now that's a show that would never be on today. His friendship and working relationship with Jimmy Kimmel continues to this day. Adam Carolla has written for the late-night show Jimmy Kimmel Live, which Jimmy hosts. Adam Carolla created and appeared on the Comedy Central series Cranky Acres. That was a show that I enjoyed very much, and it's rumored to be making a comeback. He also hosted the late-night talk show Too Late with Adam Carolla, and the home improvement show, The Adam Carolla Project, which aired on the Learning Channel. Adam Carolla, with his very distinct voice, has done voiceover work for cartoons, including Disney's Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, Family Guy, and Drawn Together. He also co-wrote and co-produced the independent film The Hammer. I have to say, if you have not seen The Hammer, it is a great movie. I suggest you see it. Anyhow, happy birthday, Adam Carolla. Happy Memorial Day, everyone out there. Enjoy this interview with Adam Carolla. A little side note, I was given complimentary tickets to see Adam Carolla perform his stand-up show at the Tabernacle. And don't you know, when I got there, and by the way, there's no hard feelings here, my name was not on the list. I didn't get in. I remember I was with my friend Jason Burge. And we were walking through the parking lot, and we could see Adam Carolla through one of the doors backstage. And for a moment, I thought about calling out his name. I didn't. I didn't want to bother him, and I didn't get to see the show. Anyhow, maybe Adam Carolla and I will catch up on some other day.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it's our pleasure to welcome our special guest, Adam Carolla. He's going to be appearing at the Tabernacle here in Atlanta on September 30th. First of all, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Paul. You've left radio for the podcast format. What do you like about podcasting and where do you think it's going? The thing
2: that's really nice about podcasting is everyone always says, well, you get to say whatever you want. You don't get to say whatever you want because if you do say whatever you want. People are still listening and there's still plenty of groups out there that will protest and try to get your sponsors to leave you and that kind of stuff. You can use whatever language you want, but you can't say whatever you want. So there's a little misnomer there. I never found radio confining. Uh, The thing I like about the podcast is the flexibility in the schedule. For instance, I do my podcast every night at 8 p.m. And that's just the way we do it. But tonight, my dad is celebrating his 80th birthday. And so we're going to do it earlier so I can go to my dad's 80th birthday tonight, which is something, as you know, in radio, you don't get to do. The show's when it is, and it's that time every day. And, you know, if your dad's 80th birthday <laughs> happens to fall on the night where you got to do a show, too bad pops, you know? Where do you think this is all going? Do you
1: think it's the new frontier?
2: Oh, yeah. I didn't answer the second part of your question. I don't know. I I, I think it's going about the same place music did eight years ago, which is I don't think there's ever going to be such a thing as a multi-platinum record that sells anymore or a disc. It'll be downloaded, and people will find it on their computer and some people will find it, you know, on Amazon but they'll find it. It's the same way book, it's the same thing that's sort of happening with books. It's the same thing that's happening with T V. You know, back in the day T V shows would get forty million people watching. Now if you can get five million people watching you're doing pretty damn good. And books would sell a million copies, and now if you can sell 100,000 copies, you're doing pretty good. The pie is getting sl- sliced up into thinner and thinner pieces. So there's so many people out there, and there's so much product that there's so much to go around that it's being consumed in smaller little bite-sized pieces. So those days of selling millions, millions of copies of this or having a 15-share on television – For the most part, are gone. You're going to take your little core audience of a couple hundred thousand people and just go off and make money with them.
1: Well, a second ago, you mentioned your father. The name of your podcast network is the ACE Broadcasting Network. ACE Broadcasting Network. A lot of really great shows, and one of them is Life Lessons with Jim Carolla. I really enjoyed listening to that one. This might be a tough question, but what is the greatest life lesson your father has taught you? You know, it's funny that that's
2: the name of the show or ironic because my dad never, uh, he was not the type ever like sit me down and go, listen, there's two kind of ladies out there, son. You know, it was never like a a good Johnny Cash song. We never talked that much. He never told me anything. He he rarely had any advice for me. Like, not in a bad way, just like, yeah, just go out and live your life, like. But he always kind of said, and it it wasn't a great feeling, but he always sort of said, try to figure out what your part in this scenario is and see if you can fix it. In other words, every time I get into an argument with somebody or every time something goes wrong or you get fired from a job or you get cut from a team or you get divorced, Or your girlfriend dumps you or your boyfriend dumps you or whatever the situation is. Instead of doing all the externalizing, which everyone just does, like screw that guy, he's an idiot, you know, and go, well, why'd you get fired from your boss? Why'd you get fired from your job? My boss is an a-hole. Like, all right, that doesn't really help you fix whatever reason you got fired for. Unless, in fact, your boss is, in fact, an a-hole and just fired you just because he's an a-hole. But usually your boss fires you for something you did. Even if he is an ale. And I love those people who do that thing where they go, hey man, I did the work of three people. He was just jealous, so he fired me. Like, don't externalize. Look in. Meaning, if you go to a restaurant and you go to the restaurant on a Friday night at 7 o'clock and the restaurant is closed, you can be outraged and go, this is nonsense. What kind of restaurant's closed on a Friday night at 7 o'clock? But you know what my dad would say? You should have called first. (laughs) And I'd go, what are you talking about? It's Friday night at 7 o'clock. He'd go, still, if you'd called, you would have found out they were closed. And it's like, that's all I'm saying is take a look inside and figure out what you could have done. And don't beat yourself up about it. But if you want to avoid a trip to a restaurant that's closed, call
1: first. Very sound advice. I was reading your new book, and for all the listeners out there, it's entitled, In 50 Years, We'll All Be Chicks. There's a tremendous emphasis on embracing what it is to be a woman. You see that every day. But you don't really hear anything about embracing manhood. It's so funny when you hear
2: women up on the podium, whether it's you know Nancy Pelosi or Cher or whoever, and they're going like, we are strong we are independent. We make the world go round. We need to set aside a month to celebrate. Uh, I mean, just imagine a dude doing that. And by the way, when you make the proclamations and announce you're so strong and have days set aside for you and your strength and your independence and all that, it usually means things aren't going that well. So you should probably knock it off. <laughs> rich white guys rarely have that meeting. Hey, we need a day for us. Someone's gotta, Trump, take the podium. Talk about how, uh, how, how smart we are and how strong we are and how proud we are and what great fathers we are. Let's do that. Let's uh, let's take a day to celebrate us. Nah, they're kind of busy making money and ruling everything. So I would say no matter what group you're in, don't have those press conferences or those marches or the, whatever it is where you're making a proclamation of how much the world needs you. It's usually not a good sign.
1: You record your podcast show out there in the thick of the entertainment world, California. Who have you met in Los Angeles that has the most integrity? Ooh. Well, let's see. I would say if you're you're going
2: to use the word integrity, it might be my buddy Jimmy Kimmel. I mean, Jimmy is one of these guys uh, in, in a town where everyone gets paid for doing nothing. Like, you know when you watch these shows and there's nine producers, eight of them do nothing. They literally just get paid. They don't show up on the set. They're called non-writing producers. They do nothing. So we live in a town where people frequently get paid for nothing. My old manager would get paid for doing nothing. like, And, and, and they have no problem with it. They're entitled to it. Jimmy is one of the only dudes I, I know in this town that's announced way more than once, if I don't want to get paid if I'm not doing something. And so If I'm not actively creating on this show, then save your paycheck. Other than Jimmy, <laughs> uh, there's a hand. That, you, know, you know, the thing about this town is there's a, a bunch of really good, solid dudes and then a bunch of colossal douchebags and everyone focuses on the colossal do-nothing producers or chicks running the studios. or There's tons of just, just hacks and phonies and imposters and just idiots, and I've worked with most of these. Most of, every producer I've worked with has been a colossal douchebag. But they get the reputation, and they sort of ruin it for the rest of the town. And the reality is there's a whole bunch of really cool people, and, and it's sort of like rich guys. Rich guys have this reputation for being, you know, evil rich guys. Most of the rich guys I know are like, they're really nice, and they're super hardworking, and they're generous.
1: Well, on that note, you mentioned producers. Are there any other people you've met in the industry, or maybe a specific person that you, you just do not like? <laughs> yeah,
2: almost everyone. <laughs> you know, the industry attracts narcissists with personality disorders. I mean, you have to be... There's usually something wrong with you, and like I said, look, if you're a writer or you're a comedian or you're a storyteller or an actor or a creator, you probably have a personality disorder, but at least you do something. I mean, at least you go, hey, I'm I'm funny. I'm going to write some jokes. It's the producers that don't contribute anything. I mean, like when we did the man show all those years, Those producers didn't do anything. Here's all you people need to know about producers. For the first four seasons of The Man Show, we produced the show. Stone Stanley, who claimed to produce the show, they weren't allowed on the set. They were off somewhere else. They were literally not allowed there. Jimmy didn't like them, and they just weren't there. So the first four seasons, that was The Man Show that was done as we would have done it. The fifth season, when we left, Then the producers got to produce, and that's what you got. You got the fifth season of Man's Show with Doug Stanhope and Joe Rogan, and that's what the show would have looked like if the folks who were, in quotes, producing it were producing it the first four seasons. Oh, they got paid. They got paid the first four seasons, and they got paid the last one, too. But that's what producers do. One of the other people on your network is Larry Miller. Mm -hmm. What do you think about Larry Miller? I should have brought him up when you were asking me about uh, integrity. I love Larry Miller. He's the nicest guy in the world. He's just like old school, just solid dude, you know, good husband, good dad, funny, sincere, always in a good mood. One of these guys who calls you pal, like every time you see him, how are you, pal? How you doing? Good to see you. Good. Always seems happy to see you there. see you always happy to be where he is, like, just the nicest guy you're ever going to want to meet. Who have you had on the Adam Carolla show that you were proudest to welcome? I was excited to sit down with Albert Brooks for a good eighty minutes the other week and interview him because I'd always been a fan of Albert Brooks and I'd never seen a you know just long form sit down interview with him. I was excited to have Francis Ford Copeland. I was. Oh excited to have Ken Burns, a documentarian on. I found that guy really compelling. One of the guys I was most excited about was the actor Christoph Waltz because I'd just just seen Inglorious Bastards. And I was like, I I was literally, I saw like a sneak preview of Inglorious Bastards like a week before it came out. And I saw Christoph Waltz and I was blown away. And I was like, this guy's going to win the Oscar for sure. He's got to win the Oscar. I mean, doing it, He's acting in three different languages. He came in and sat down with me just, you know, like I said, about a few days after I saw a preview for the movie. And I was like, buddy, you're getting an Oscar this year. And, you know, no one knew the guy's name at the time. And, I don't know, four months later, he was up there claiming his Oscar. Anyone who has a talk show, there's always a guest that eludes you. And it just it drives you
1: crazy. So who has that guest been for you?
2: who I've wanted to get on and haven't gotten on. Yeah. There's always that, oh, sure, it'd be great to get Justin Timberlake on the show, but I've never tried to get Justin Timberlake on the show. So I wouldn't say he's like, he's been eluding me. And, you know, it's like, I'd love to get Tom Hanks on the show, but I never tried to get Tom Hanks on the show, so I don't feel like that. I don't really... I never really think of it that way. There's people that I'm fans of, and there's people I go, man, that guy's good, and it'd be great to sit down with Dwayne Johnson. But on the other hand, I never went after Dwayne Johnson. I I don't know if a, a chick can ignore you until you send over a drink, and I never sent over a drink for anybody. So I just sort of go in every night and go, who's on tonight? And someone goes, it's this guy. And sometimes I go, who's that? And they go, it's an author. And I go, I never heard of that guy. And half the time, that guy turns out to be way more interesting than the guy you've heard of. And then other nights, it's guys you've heard of. But I never really plan it out.
1: You're appearing at the Tabernacle in Atlanta, and that's going to be on September 30th, as a comedian on the road. Have you had any strange encounters with fans that you can tell us about? (laughs) You know what? For the most part, they just
2: show up and... They're nice and sometimes they'll make me a t-shirt or get me some toys for my kids or something or I'll be complaining about Southwest taking nuts off the airplane because somebody had a peanut allergy and called in and they'll give me a bunch of Southwest peanuts or something. For the most part, every once in a while you get that sort of drunken fan and they do this one which is funny, Like, like you're leaving the show and you're walking out in the parking lot and you're getting into the car. And the guy's like, Hey, hey Adam, hey man, show, hey, we just saw the show. Can we get a picture? And you're like, Yeah, yeah, sure, we'll get a picture and you get a picture and then his buddy goes, Oh, no, hold on, get the camera, let me get let me get in here too and then they switch cameras and then the third buddy goes, Hey, let me get a picture too. And I go, all right. Oh, let's get a picture of all three of us. All right. Let's get a picture of all three of you. Hey, man, can you sign my uh, hammer uh, jacket? Independent movie I did. Or can you Sign my book. Sign my book. All right. So I'll sign my book and I'll sign the thing. And, uh, all right. Let's get one more picture. Yeah, all right. You get the one more picture. And then you go, all right, fellas. Uh, thanks. Uh, going to uh, head back to the hotel. Oh, so that's it? That's all? <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to leave us hanging? Is that how you, is that how you roll? And You're like, well, what, what, what? What are we gonna do? What they, that, that's it? Just heading out? Just gonna just checking out now? So that's how you roll? And you're like, what? What do you, what do you want? Some sex behind the dumpster? Like what, what? What is it? What are you looking? What are we looking for here? You know? It's so weird. I mean, you sign the guy's book, you take nine pictures with him, and you go, all right, thanks for coming to the show, fellas. I'm gonna get in the town cars. I'm like, whoa. So that's it,
1: huh? Yeah, Mr. <laughs> big Movie star. Yeah. <laughs> Well, my last question, the great thing about podcasting and Internet radio, there's no geographic limitations anymore. So for anyone who hears this interview in Atlanta and beyond, what do you want to say in closing? Open-ended. Oh, geez, now in what language?
2: If you enjoy good conversation and uh, you enjoy some compelling talk and some free talk and some open talk, then uh, you can check out the podcast. Pick it up. And people are a little intimidated, like, well, I don't know how to work a computer. Is it, you just go to iTunes and hit Podcasts, and you'll see a picture of me, and you'll click on it. It's free, and nothing to it. Believe me, I don't know what the hell I'm doing around a computer, and even I can figure it out. So um, check it out, and might want to grab my book, too. I'm pretty proud of that, In 50 years will all be chicks. I, uh, I wouldn't say it if, if, if it wasn't true. So, uh, and other than that, enjoy your life. And dance with your kids. That's what I wanted to say. Once a week, at least, have a little dance party with your kids. Because uh, when daddy's depressed, it always bums the kids out. So have a little dance party with your kids.
1: Our special guest has been Adam Carolla. Thanks so much for doing this interview. I really appreciate it.
2: My pleasure. Zip, bip, bibbidi-bop, boobidi-zing, dang, bong, chee chee zing bang doo, she you should get gone. Go,
1: gone. go, 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 the do go,